0: Welcome back to yet another Let's Talk edition of BTP Podcast. As always, I am joined by Dan. How's it going, dude?
1: Hey, hey there, my man, buddy. How's it going? Glad to be here with you for another great Let's Talk edition. Golf all the time, but we're doing our best.
0: That's awesome, man. It's um, I I like that you like it, and I like that you're hustling all day long. It's awesome. How's uh, how's uh, how's the life going? Like the business and the the life. For now, um, things
1: are quite fine on the business side, and uh, we are doing our very best to uh, somehow create, uh, basically, uh, new channels of income and new sources of income for our businesses. Uh, obviously, now things are a little bit hectic in the Middle East, so we have to actually take a lot of our stocks and move it to other parts of the world where we can uh, invest with more level, uh, h- higher levels of certainty as well as assurance. I'm currently actually, as, as, as of now, as we're recording this podcast, I'm currently in Moscow, Russia. And for now, things are quite fine uh, on the business side. Of course, we have to uh, take into consideration the changes in uh, global politics and uh, how all of the new decisions made by uh, basically world leaders are going to affect uh, basically the world economies. Uh, we are approaching the supposedly uh, f- of the forecasted basically uh, uh, economic depression that we're supposed to experience in the coming year, probably 2021. And we'll see about that for now. We're uh, ready for all the possible changes uh, in the circumstances as well as the uh, economic climate around the world and things are pretty fine
0: great okay so that that's good to hear that you're preparing for a freaking crash which is i think is bound to happen one way or the other maybe the timing would not be perfectly well
1: they say it's cyclical and uh, it's not necessarily because of the change in geopolitics it's like a cyclical thing that happens every uh, every 18 to 20 years we'll see i'm not sure quite uh, if it's true or not but Obviously, if you're working basically in business, then you have to have plans. And okay. as you know, my strategy in business, it's to make the plan B before plan A. So we're going to have to work hard to uh, prepare ourselves in case things uh, somehow don't pan out as we thought it would. And this is going to hopefully give us a great chance to prepare ourselves.
0: Okay. So actually, today's topic is not <clears throat> too, too irrelevant. It's actually quite relevant to the, to the subject, not the economy of it, but uh, preparing and potential downfalls and whatnot. So... What we want to talk about is how to build uh, essentially emotional resilience against stressful and uh, stress and setbacks in general, stressful situations. Mm -hmm. So you have a bad day, you have a bad events that happened in your life, bad couple of days, bad month, bad year, whatever. Maybe you lost your stocks, maybe they went down. As we were talking about, whatever happened, like some 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 major setback that Mm -hmm. uh, upsets people. Now, how do you? How do you build your emotional resilience so that um, you don't get effect, uh, affected by it, in, in that you can still function? Now, we're going to talk about it in depth, but one of the things I want to ask you right off the bat is that um, what is emotional resilience? What are we talking about here? What is that in, oh, okay. in, in a Very good
1: question, uh, Pujix. Emotional resilience basically is very much like physical uh, resilience in that if you let, look at someone who is physically fit, When we say like somebody's physically fit what we're really saying is this person has reached a level of physical fitness that he can put up with a lot more physical stress than the average person be it running a lot longer a lot faster uh be having a lot of endurance when it comes to certain activities or being able to lift more weights or carry more stuff ultimately emotional resilience is the exact same thing only when it comes to things that are psychological in nature and they can concerning your feelings, emotions, and thoughts. And what it really says is, if you are emotionally resilient, you do not feel the pain that might cause other people to feel pain in certain situations. For example, let's say that you are going to the gym, as I do, and let's say that you go to the gym almost every day, uh, and you somehow are practicing and you're lifting different types of weight. Uh, Once you, let's say, start, uh, let's say, the bench press for, I don't know, let's say you start with uh, 40 pounds for example right mm-hmm. and you start uh the process at first if you've never done it before even 40 pounds seems like a lot like oh my gosh i gotta push this one right they like, can't actually uh have injury or have some difficulty afterwards you can't even like move your hand properly i've seen a lot of amateurs do that like they go to the gym uh, for a few weeks and they have serious trouble walking around just doing your you know daily stuff because the body's adjusting basically uh, with the process and on the other hand you see that, like this you know uh this guy in, uh, on the other side uh, who's been you know going to the gym for years and years and uh this guy can lift for example 200 pounds uh, without any problem like not even breaking a sweat and uh that is the difference between emotional resilience which applies to you know psychology in that you could be facing with so much more severe problems that put a lot of burden on your shoulder without even feeling it while simultaneously somebody else could be really pissed off because of some little comment that somebody left on his or her social media account, right? Ultimately, they say the size of your mental strength is determined by how easily you get disturbed by the news you hear. And uh, the smaller the problem, basically, that uh, makes you uh, upset or bothered, uh, basically, uh, the less strength you have emotionally. And because of this, you have to focus your attention on knowing that you can build emotional resilience uh, by becoming someone who can deal with problems and issues that make other people upset. If, if someone is truly emotionally resilient and strong, then you can uh, somehow make an assumption about this person that this person can tolerate a lot of the situations where other people just get extremely upset, right? And that is uh, what I mean by emotional resilience. Uh, for example, think about simple things that could make people really upset. Uh, things like losses, failures, rejections, which happen all the time. For example, in business, uh, if you are a newbie, let's say uh, you probably will uh, can, You you perhaps even lose your sleep over uh, you know losing one client uh, after, for example, you know a couple months of starting your business. Uh, but if you've been in this for like many years. You don't even care. It doesn't even get registered, you know, that you somehow lost a key client because, you know, like, you know what, we're going to make another one very soon. No problem. Mm-hmm. So the same thing applies to every other area of life, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the difficulty, whether it's uncertainty, how well can you tolerate uncertainty? Because, you know, you cannot predict everything. You cannot, you know, uh, somehow know how everything will pan out. So if you have the ability to tolerate uncertainty and to, uh, withstand rejection, failure, and setbacks without losing your emotional, uh, basically, well-being, then you're emotionally resilient. And of course, to the degree to which you can do so, you're more and more emotional resilient.
0: Okay, that's, that's actually a pretty good um, roundup. And now I, I understand what you mean. And what I always obsessed about personally, and um, perhaps I've seen others do so, um, obsess about it, is, you know, shit hits the fan at some point it'll happen we all know and 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 it, it has happened in our lives now it's okay that that happens and i personally am at the place that i could accept it as um having happened whatever it, it keeps happening it's okay like i get it um now what i what i really want to um get at here is that i still don't want to be stopped by this phenomenon meaning I don't want to be jammed in my system. I don't want to hang, if you will, like, like old computers, we would say like computers hang. Now I want to still be able to function. Now I want to f- go forward. I want to, if, if the problem needs, it's a problem that needs fixing, I want to be able to actually act and fix the problem. I want to be able to, if it's about moving on, I want to be able to move on to the next thing. So I'm not halted, not wasting time. Now. I suppose if you have the emotional resilience, um, you're less affected by the, uh, the by the bad phenomena. So, so you're exactly. more equipped to do just that. Is that that's correct? I, I get it from your exactly. Now, how do we get there? It's a it's a big question. How do I keep going without exactly. being affected by the what by the emotional component of it?
1: Another great question. So true. You see, as we already defined what it means to be emotional resilient. Now let's talk about how to get there. Uh, first and foremost, some people, you know, just genetically are like born that way. I'm sure we, we all know someone who's just always cool and chill, no matter what happens. This guy uh, tends to be like quite relaxed and nothing really bothers uh, this person so much. Now, I really believe that uh, for most of us, however, we have to work on it. And the way to go about doing it is to understand that emotional resilience requires you to look at the world differently than the average person because we have basically not been taught the skills and the mental attitudes required uh, to become emotional resilient, because unfortunately in the world, we live in a world where we are always in the constant state of, you know, vigilance, what's happening, what's, what's the news, Are oh, we going to have some problems, because, you know, the world and particularly the media revolves around negativity, and that's exactly what, you know, uh, it's designed to do, because when you're upset and when you're negative all the time, then you'll be a great consumer. So, you know, because of that, we have to understand that in order to build true emotional resilience, we have to take a step back and develop what we call the philosopher's attitude towards life. Because ultimately, whenever we get upset about anything, let's say, for example, right now, I don't know, you just heard a very bad news. Let's say your business just uh, went bankrupt. Uh, let's say you lost your clients. Let's say your partner uh, just left you. You just got a divorce. Maybe something uh, happened to your children. You just heard a very, very bad news right now. And the typical reaction, of course, is to feel bad. And what does it really mean? From an NLP point of view, when you're feeling bad, what it really is happening is you receive some sort of information from the outside world. Could be anything. Could be uh, the fact that you just got a you know a serious problem with your health or some problem with your business. You hear that, infor- that's, that's like a piece of information. That's it. Nothing more than that. Like For example, you just lost your business. Now, here... The way you define this event to yourself, uh, what uh, Dr. Sullivan called your self-explanatory style, basically, uh, determines exactly how you feel. So, for example, to give you a great example here, let's say that you just lost a client and this client, of course, was not a very good client from the beginning. From the get-go, he was talking about the prices, he was asking for a lot of discounts and he wasn't even on time on the payment and he didn't even really enjoy working with this guy. But, of course, you need the money. And then the client finally just tells you, like, sorry, man, I'm not going to do business with you at all. Just forget about the project. It's canceled, right? Now, at this moment, as an entrepreneur, you can explain this piece of information in a variety of different ways, each of which will make you feel very differently. For example, you could say, oh, my gosh, I spent all of that time on this client tolerating this phone call and the meetings and the emails and the back and forth for about two months and now he says he doesn't want to work with me i lost two months and i don't even have the money right now you feel what, what emotions do you feel right now anger hatred negativity hopelessness and a lot of other negative emotions now let's just imagine you can explain the exact same situation to yourself very differently you can say well finally I'm pretty sure that I will never have to put up with the bullshit of this client ever again. From the very get-go, I kind of knew this guy was in serious business. And now I'm even you know, uh, more certain that this guy probably is not even a good person. So now I've just freed up my time. Not only I will not work with him, I will also learn a lesson that taught me to never work with anyone like him ever again in the future. So not only I freed up my time and now I'm a happy person, I actually learned a great lesson that allows me to avoid such pitfalls in the future. Now, how do you feel here? Well, of course, if you really need the money, you probably still feel some sort of you know, pain. But this is going to make it a lot easier to tolerate than the first case, right? And the same thing applies to every other area of life. The way you define things to yourself ultimately determines how you feel. Let's say, for example, a client, uh, let's say, tells you, uh, rejects your offer. You just simply uh, send a message, the client rejects your offer. And at that time, basically, you can define this so, like, I got rejected. What does it mean? Again, you can define it for yourself. It means that probably I'm a piece of shit. And what does that mean? It means that probably I'm worthless. And then how do you feel? Very terrible. Because nobody wants to feel like they're worthless, right? On the other hand, once you once a rejection happens and you define like, I got just I just got rejected. What does that mean? It means that the other person doesn't like me. What does that mean? It means that based upon his or her value, I'm not the kind of person that I would have value for him or her. Now, does that mean that I am worthless? No, this is his or her perspective. If he or she doesn't like me, that's his or her problem. And I know that I have value, so I'm gonna move on to somebody else. The exact same situation triggered an emotion of depression, hatred and negativity in one person, while for the other person, he didn't even feel it it's like, okay, just move on to the next, let's go. And this is what I call by emotional resilience, because unlike physical, uh, basically uh, strength, which requires you to actually push things. Emotional resilience is mainly about practicing the art of explaining things to yourself differently than most people, because unfortunately, most of us, we haven't been taught uh, how to actively uh, Alter the way we define things for ourselves and explain things to ourselves. Uh, just like we haven't, you know, we were born. Nobody taught us how to lift weights. We had to go to the gym and be taught. Okay, nobody was born able to lift weights and build muscles. Nobody was born like this. Now, some people were born in situations where they had to use their body in a certain way that they actually built muscle naturally. But that doesn't happen very often. So, the majority of people who do have a good shape in the modern world are the ones who have gone to the gym who have learned how to, you know, lift weight and to exercise with the help of the trainer, and then they've practiced it again and again until it became a habit, and now they have, you know, they're in great shape. The exact same thing happens to emotional resilience in that nobody is born with it. I mean, some people are really born like that by nature, by genes, perhaps, but the majority of people who are emotionally resilient, they had to learn, the same way we learn how to lift weight and to exercise in the gym, they had to learn to alter the way they, you know, tell things to themselves. And uh, a great example is like, you know, uh, the bus theory, for example, uh, if, if you feel like you just got rejected by, I don't know, uh, a client, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or something like this, you could say like, "Oh my goodness, I lost everything and I'll be alone." Or you can say, "Well, clients slash partners slash opportunities slash businesses are like buses. When one goes, another comes. So let's move on to the next bus, right?" This is exactly the same situation, but you have to learn this because ultimately by nature, we are not taught the importance of thinking this way. And our brains, because we have basically been, as we mentioned a few times throughout our podcast, our brain has evolutionarily been wired uh, to live in a 50% society, 50 to to about 120, 130 people society. So our brains are extremely uh, sensitive about the other people's attitude because if something went wrong in the tribe of 100 people then the rest of the people for the rest of our lives would know what happened then, and we would be very, very upset. But our brain is not capable of understanding what it means to live in a world with 7 billion people. You understand that right now, as we're talking right now, Pujix, you and I don't even have the time to say hi to all the people around the world. By the time we want to actually reach them, we probably have, you know, we, we are not 100 years old or something like this, because there are so many people on the on, on the planet right now that you're gonna have time to say hi to all of them, right? Wow. Can, even on social media, it's there are that many people right now. And because the brain doesn't understand abundance, then of course, by practicing these, you know, ways of thinking, you can teach yourself how to think uh, abundance in every way. And that will then, of course, allow you to be emotion resilient, And to feel almost no stress, sometimes even like feeling good, because let's be honest, when you know that no one's rejection, no loss or failure can actually make you upset, this kind of, you know, give you a very good feeling. It's kind of like a superpower, if you will, because a lot of people don't have it. And once this happens, not only you will not get upset, you actually feel great about the fact that this doesn't upset you. And this creates a positive circle where you actually get more and more positive feedback because of your expectations, right? And... This is exactly what I mean by emotional resilience is that you change the way you all basically talk to yourself and explain things to yourself. And that will then allow you to not be emotionally affected whatsoever by the you know the tough things in your environment. And that, of course, requires a lot of practice. It is not necessarily a natural way to think. But if you learn it, it will give you a huge advantage in almost every area of your life.
0: All right. That's awesome. Uh, now, I got two points that I want to – talk to you about now one of them is um was inherent in your conversation a little so you mentioned that yeah uh, with a rejection you might think oh uh, what so what that person thinks that i don't worth his time well that's his problem now although true um that that will require for you to actually do believe in your abilities and be confident enough that you feel like yeah i got i got this there's there's no problem and uh now uh, although we, we 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 have talked about self confidence in the past, I, I I just wanna as a segue for for a person who hasn't really uh, listened to that episode while listening to this. Now, what if that person actually does not is not sure? Like, although yeah, there are plenty of other people, but would it matter if I'm not actually worth worthy of it of any of them? Now, what do you say to that kind of mindset? such a
1: great question? Such a great question. Uh, first of all, you're absolutely right. Because most of us, we don't come out just believing in ourselves and abilities. And I'm also against fake confidence, as we discussed in uh, our last episode, which was a solo round, basically. Uh, So I don't hear say that people should be delusional. Okay, but what I'm really saying is people who tend to feel like that oftentimes are people who have not received any positive feedback. So the key to success is to persist Until you get some sort of real feedback that is positive, that tells you you were right. So for example, the same person who, let's say the client just reacted to him and he feels worthless, like he feels like his idea doesn't matter at all, right? In that situation, the only reason the person can truly believe that he's good is if he had some sort of positive result in the past. Now, here's a problem. What if he's just getting started and he's never had any positive feedback? What if this guy who thinks he's cool uh, has never had the real experience? In that case, what this gentleman or what this lady needs to do is to actually persist long enough and use what I call the numbers gain until he or she gets the kind of positive result that tells him or her that, yes, I finally got something. Why? Because the subconscious mind needs some sort of results to believe that you're cool. If you really believe that you're the best salesperson in the world and you've never sold anything in your whole life, then probably you're deluding yourself. If you think that you are a cool guy, that every girl would be glad to be with you, but you're a virgin, I'm sorry, maybe you're really deluding yourself, right? So ultimately, it comes down to getting some sort of results, right? Whether it's to keep persisting until you find, for example, a girlfriend, whether it's you keep persisting until you make a sales or until you get the results or until you learn that language or until you, I don't know, learn the skill or you make that business successful, ultimately here, the way to gain that level of belief in yourself is to keep persisting and using the numbers game. And, well, the number game basically is about going through the funnel of life. Everything in life goes through a funnel. And this funnel basically simply says that if you, for example, were to sell one item, you had to go through what we call the 80-20 and then the 80-20 of the 80 20 so, for example, let's say that I want to sell a pair of glasses. And this uh, if I show this pair of glasses to about, let's say, 10 people, for example, uh, I can expect about two of those 10 people or 20 percent to actually show some interest. And I should expect that about eight out of 10 simply will ignore my offer and walk away. And then the, the other step is from those people who looked at it, I can expect 20% of them to actually go and buy it right off the bat, right right here and there, right? And we call this uh, the the 4%. persisting long enough, if you keep calling enough clients, if you uh, somehow do uh, some other things... Hello?
0: Yep, I can hear you. Go ahead. Hello? Yep.
1: Uh, If you do a, a lot of these things, and if you focus your attention on getting the results, then eventually... You get some kind of feedback that is positive, and only then your subconscious mind will finally believe. He says, like, yeah, actually, you were right. Because if I was truly worthless, then how come I just got a business right now? I just got an order, man. If if my product or service was worthless, then why do I have an order? So I'm not basically a piece of shit. My product or service is not a piece of shit. It's worth. It it is worthy, and here's a proof. And once you get the proof, now you are one step closer to that level of I don't care. So you keep persisting. And this time, maybe 200 clients reject you. But you remember that, listen, man, I got one order. If I got one, I can get two. So you keep persisting. And then you get, boom, eventually you get your second order. And now you are two times as certain about your value than you were the first time, right? And then you keep persisting. And of course, eventually over time, you start through the process of the numbers game. By going through large numbers, uh, what basically uh, Grant Gordon says 10xing things, mm-hmm. by let's say 10xing the number of uh, phone calls that you make or by 10xing your presentations or by 10 the times that you actually, I don't know, uh, swipe yes on your Tinder or whatever it is, by doing these things a certain amount of time, eventually, by the law of eighty twenty, 20 you will get some positive feedback. And every additional success or positive feedback will then reinforce your sense of belief in yourself. And that will then make it a lot easier to be emotionally resilient because now anytime you hear bad stuff, anytime, I don't know, a client says no or a girl says no or, I don't know, a boy says no or uh, it'll say a bank says no, you simply say, well, I'm, I know I'm the shit. So probably it's the wrong bank or it's the wrong person or client, right? And then you keep persistent. And that is why you can actually build through authentic acquisition of real results over time by tapping the power of the large numbers.
0: All right, uh, that, was, that, was, that was very good. Thank you for that. Now, let me tell you something that personally bothers me a lot. And those are the situations that I, um, I'm, I'm in a position of weakness. What that is, is um, what, what I define weakness essentially is that situations that there are so little I can do or could have done uh, that basically the, the the situation was really out of my hand. And and not only out of my hand, there's not much I can do to fix it. There's not much I can I could have done to prevent it. So essentially, I'm like a an, uh, an, uh, spectator watching a goddamn movie that is not to my liking, and I'm forced to watch it. And I hate those situations, and I cannot control myself in those situations for the most part. And I, I need a bit of time to grapple with it. Uh, but that's after. right. So what would you what, what would your uh, point of view be on such situations?
1: Well, first of all, uh, that's a great point. I think here implementing some rationality can really help us because if you really don't have any choice in something, And you have no ability to exert force and power. Then the chances are you should not probably be so detached to that outcome anyways. So in such situations, I have this uh, basically philosophy. uh, You know, we call it the businessman's philosophy. And it says, and they ask a businessman, why don't you look out the window when they're imagine like a businessman is right now uh, flying on an airplane. And they ask him, so, Mr. Businessman, why don't you look out of the window uh, of the airplane? And he says, Well, because I can't control the airplane, what's the point of looking outside the window, right? Now, here, what I'm saying is there are things in life you can control, and there are things in life that you cannot control. And even in situations where you think you have no control, you always have a con- sense of control, and that is simply by removing yourself from that situation. So you always have that control. And uh, whenever you say, uh, I feel in certain situations very helpless, I really think that that stems from a belief system that tells you that you have no choice because I believe that we always have some degree of control in anything. So long as you're al- alive, you will have some degree of control on whatever it is that you're doing. And at the very least of which is to simply refuse to uh, move on with that situation. You always have that you know, choice. So the, the whole belief in that there is no choice or there is uh, no way out, I'm strictly against this belief because it's... Um, you know, just a belief. It's nothing more than that. And if you believe that, of course, it becomes a reality. So I personally never live with the idea that there's no uh, basically thing I can, there's nothing I can do about it, number one. Number two, even if it is really something that you have really no control over, let's say, I don't know, the results of the football match. For example, Jets, they lost a while back. It was a very, you know, terrible defeat for the Jets, which is uh, one of my favorite teams. And uh, it was a very terrible defeat, let's be honest. Uh, And at that time, You could be very upset as a fan, like, oh, my gosh, the Jets lost. It was really fucked up, all those things. Or you can simply say, well, I don't really care that much because I was not the player. Maybe if I was the player, I would get a better result. I believe that either you can do something about a situation or you can't. And if you can't do something about it, then the chances are you should not at all be attached to the outcome. And in most cases in life, you do have a choice. I really believe that. So, for example, uh, earlier you mentioned about you know, uh, not having a choice. I mentioned mm-hmm. about this client that you're working with. You really need the money and you really want to work with this person, but he is acting this way and you cannot control that person's behavior. Now, of course, if you know about negotiation tactics, you know there are certain ways that you can actually influence a person. But even if you are not aware in that regard, what you can do is simply call on more clients and mm-hmm. build uh, you know, a larger clientele base. And trust me you will feel helpless. Understand that's a belief system that is telling you that you have no other choice and -hmm. that you gotta put up with this. And I myself have a very different belief system. My rule is simple, never put up with anything. I repeat, never put up with anything. If you don't like something, express it directly. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows me, everybody who works with me, everybody who knows me, who's been around me, my friends in my business, uh, my team, my secretaries, they know that if I don't like something, I will tell them directly that I don't like it. Or if I don't tell them directly, my behavior will show that I don't like it. Why? Because you're not supposed to put up with anything. We're supposed to have harmonious relationships with those around us. And if they don't know our rules, then of course, uh, we, we're going to have problems. So the whole idea, the whole victim mindset that is unfortunately very popular these days, thanks to you yeah. you know uh, you know the new culture of spectatorism and all those things, uh, has made us believe that Perhaps there's no choice. There are things in life you can't. But I simply come from a belief system that says there's always a choice and there's always something you can do. And I myself never put up with anything that I don't like. I will simply work harder and create new options. If you don't like the things, that, you know, the way your client talks to you, just hang up on him and never call him again. Let's see what happens. If you don't like the way your boyfriend is treating you, then simply you know, dump your boyfriend and, you know, be active, be socially active until some some other guy comes and offers you a date. The point is, in reality, you want to actually create options for yourself in life and know that you always have a choice. And thinking that you are helpless or you have no choice is just a belief system that oftentimes is rooted in laziness and lack of drive and ambition for taking massive 10x actions. Because once you take 10x actions in anything, you will never feel that you have to put up with anything.
0: That's a, that's such a good point, and um, I, I you, you're absolutely right. It makes sense. Uh, you always have a choice. If you uh, think to yourself, oh, I'm not gonna dump my boyfriend because uh, then I don't have a boyfriend," didn't you make a <laughs> exact. choice?
1: I'll be a lone single girl yeah. for like two. No, of course you do have a choice. You can yeah. go on Tinder now and have thousands of guys. You know, checking you out all the time. If you're a guy, you can just go talk to girls. If you're in business, you can just start calling. The, the answer is 10x. If you don't like the yeah. way things are, I mean, a, a while ago, like one of my friends and <clears throat> in certain countries and these guys have serious financial problem, I yeah. say, what the fuck are you doing in that country? Just leave the fucking country and go somewhere else. Right. Uh, well, it's very difficult. I should first get, I don't know, this document and all. Okay, that's your problem. Sorry. Goodbye. Because if you are not willing to put in the 10x effort, then you should sit there and feel helpless. But you always have a choice. And that's a choice, too. Okay, if I want to do this, then I have to put this and maybe that dude, 10x your action and your effort and you will find new options and new choices. And once you have them, trust me, you will never feel helpless again and you will not put up with it because you know that I can now put up with the bad behavior of my boyfriend, for example, or my Mm -hmm. girlfriend, or I can talk to 10 times more boys and girls until I find the guy that exactly suits me or girl that exactly suits me i can talk right now to 100 new clients and hopefully get two more new clients or i can put up with my shitty clients who's always in on payments and who doesn't basically send the orders on time right so ultimately the key to all of that is your effort and increasing your options once you do that you will never feel helpless again
0: yeah and bearing you you bear the pain for the moment but you know that that there's a there's a lesson coming from it and you you can not bear that pain anymore in your life. So that's a good point. That's a very good point. And now I want to be mindful of your time. So if you have anything that we left out that you want to talk about, please do.
1: For sure. Well, I want to thank you so much for this great topic. You asked some great questions and I hope that our listeners will also find them useful. Ultimately, today we talked about emotional resilience and what it really means. And we defined it as the ability to not feel any emotional pain In situations where things are tough. And if we do feel emotional pains, they're not so much to the point where they actually make us uh, dysfunctional. So we can actually feel those pains and still be functional and keep working and keep moving towards our next goals. And we mentioned that becoming emotionally resilient actually is not necessarily a natural thing. We have to learn to become emotionally resilient through practice. And that practice requires us to alter the way we talk to ourselves and ultimately become very detached to the outcome of any one particular situation or person or event or whatever. And to do so, we need options. You cannot be detached from the outcome if there's only one thing that you want and that one thing is determined by one person. In that case, of course, you'll feel very, very bad. Of course, you'll feel very dependent. And of course, you feel like hell. But if what you want could be found in the hands of 20 people and you've already talked to five of them, then of course. You will not feel so much attached to the outcome anymore. It's just natural. You don't even feel it. So part of that self explanatory style is actually get good results because you cannot get, you know, believe in your values and your goodness unless and until you get good results. And how do you get good results? We mentioned earlier playing the numbers game. You tenx, you know, basically uh, your effort. You tenx the Number of people you talk to, or the projects you actually try to uh, attempt, or the business you want to go for, or whatever it is. And then eventually, through the numbers game, just through the numbers game, eventually you're going to get your first positive result, which is going to reinforce your belief. And once you can do this process, eventually you're going to get the second, and the third, and the fourth. And this keeps going on and on like this. Eventually, you feel like, oh, dude, I just got rejected by 2,000 clients, but I made 20 sales worth of i don't know a million dollars that's awesome let's get going man and now all of a sudden you feel great it's like a game it's like okay so uh, brian tracy says like every time that's what he taught in one of his business seminars he said every time a client says no to me i uh-huh. hear money jinging in the in, in the basically in in uh, my case like jingling. like he every time a client says no brian tracy says that's money right there that's money in the piggy, uh, piggy jar right here. And he literally, he visualizes like an auditorium. He feels that every single no, that's a little bit of a money that he's putting until the next line says yes. And boom, he's, he's got all the project, right? So this, this mindset of putting the numbers game and persisting eventually make you emotionally resilient because you know that at some point you're gonna get the results. And once you do that, then you become a lot more uh, basically happy with your life and a lot less attached to the outcome of any one interaction with any one person. And once you do that, you then live with, uh, you know, what we call freedom and happiness, which as we mentioned earlier, where the foundations, uh, freedom and independence, which were the foundations for true self-esteem. And once you have that, of course, life gets a lot better. So generally, if you want to be emotionally resilient, understand that like all things in life, nothing that I teach here in our podcast with you or on social media is ever easy. I'm not a fan of hoo hoo. change your mind, take a deep breath. I don't know. Do say, oh, mm, 5 I'm not a fan of these, any of this bullshit because none of that actually really works. But they do actually change your state temporarily and then you're going to get back to your same shitty mental state. So what I'm a fan of is practical results and getting results. And that's not easy. It is not easy to go to 1000 clients and be told all the bad things until one person buys your Product. It's not easy. It is not easy to be told no, or I have a boyfriend, or I, I'm, I'm a lesbian, or I don't date guys like you 700 times until you get, I don't know, that supermodel, for example, right? It's not easy. It's not easy to be told no after no after no by banks after banks after banks until finally one bank gives you the loan. It's not easy to keep losing your effort and not seeing any results after years uh, Ultimately, these things are not easy. But let's be honest, success isn't easy either. Happiness also is not easy. I mean, you have to work at it, right? It's hard work. And once you get into that habit, eventually you have the right mindset that allows you to persist in tough times and then you will not feel the emotional pain that most people feel when things don't go their way.
0: It's not easy. Love it. Uh, it reminds me of that saying, uh, nothing worth having comes easy.
1: Very Absolutely. True. And yeah. what we're talking about here right now are the things that are truly worth having, like happiness, success, peace of mind, self-esteem, and a sense of autonomy, freedom, and independence. I and mean, we have this session in Washington, D.C. Freedom is not free. you got to work for freedom.
0: Very true. Um, and now I think we've said everything. I think we've said all we needed to say. And for that, with that, I want to thank you, as always.
1: My pleasure, buddy. Great show, as always. You're a great producer. I appreciate all the effort you're putting in and hopefully because of your effort we can actually uh serve our listeners
0: thank you very much that is the hope i hope we are of service and thank you guys as always for joining us listening to us and for your feedbacks and questions it's awesome keep them coming until later episode have a good one